welcome everybody to nwczradio.com channel one's down the rabbit hole this is the midweek edition i am big d i'll be your host for this episode and it's a special episode i think so anyway i think you're really going to enjoy this today i'm going to play for you an interview that i did with mike king and he is from realhistorychan.com that's realhistorychan c-h-a-n.com and he's the author of a myriad of books the bad war planet rothschild volume one and two the Real Roosevelt's, Proof of the New World Order, British Mad Dog, The Climate Boogeyman. I could go on. They're great. You can purchase them all in a PDF file for a, a one-time fee, or you can buy individual ones. You can also order them in old-fashioned book form. He also has a free report and free update that you can sign up for. I'm a subscriber to his work. And it's very easy. If you go to realhistorychan.com, go to the bottom of the page, just sign up. You'll get an email every other day or so with his insights on things that are going on. And it's absolutely fascinating. He was banned from Amazon because they didn't like his work. When all the censorship started, he was a victim of that. And I've been following Mike for a long time. He does an amazing job of research. I've referenced him on our program several times he's been doing this for a long long time and so it was really fun to get together and have a, a discussion with him about how he does his research what are his takes on the Rothschilds the war with Putin QAnon we go through a myriad of subjects and Mike's going to challenge your thinking I don't always agree with everything Mike comes up with but one thing he does do is he does do his research and he does it well. And so I think it's going to be interesting for you to hear him and see what you get and what you take from his insights. And if you really like what he has to say and you think he's on to something, I highly recommend that you go to his website, realhistorychan.com, and become a subscriber, at least to the newsletter. I've probably read 20 of his books. I haven't gotten through all of them yet, but every single one of them sourced, all the proof is there, and it is amazing work on his part. He lives in New York, the state of New York, and so without further ado, listen closely. He has a lot to say. This is Mike King. Tell people how you got started in what you do, all the books that you've written, like how far back do you go when you were discovering this stuff? And what was the impetus to like, I've, I've got to pin this down and share this with people. Right. Yeah. Interesting question. There's a story behind it, but I mean, I've always had an interest and a fascination probably since childhood with uh, history and, and current events and philosophical things. Cause I, I've always been able to connect the fact that these aren't just like regular spheres of interest. They affect everyone's life, you know? So, and once you understand that, history takes on a new meaning. So I've always had that, that kind of interest. As far as my personal awakening, that came in stages. I, um, you know, I, I guess you could say when I was in college, I was a Reagan Republican, you know? And mm -hmm. then I, I kind of, uh, years after that, I started listening to Rush Limbaugh 
So, you know, it's a gradual progression. Uh, and then when Bush became president, the first George Bush, who I voted for, and I started to see how he was uh, like weak and then being criticized by conservatives. And then I saw it was a pattern and it was really frustrating. Uh, I saw his reaction to the Los Angeles riots. These cops were found not guilty by a jury and they start rioting and right away the Bush Justice Department goes after these cops. Uh, and then it was the fawning welcome that he gave to Nelson Mandela, who was a communist terrorist. So about that time, I started figuring things out. Not all Republicans are the same. And so that led me to the John Birch Society and all the great information in books. I, I think you mentioned recently that you had Ralph Epperson on as a guest. That's correct. Yeah. Well, I read his book going back about 30 years now. And that was that was a very uh, influential brought me rapidly up the learning curve. Uh, and then by, by the time I got my first computer, say 97, 98, and that I, I really took me to the bottom of the rabbit hole, in particular <laughs> study, studying World War II right. and the truth about it. And that was mind-blowing. And that's what led to full enlightenment. And it's just the kind of thing that's in you. It's like you want to tell the world, hey, <laughs> everything's a lie. And, you know, I do that. I did that in my own small way started a website was originally tomatobubble.com putting out information and people really liked my articles and it was just something I did part-time and eventually there was just like a demand for this information uh, I put together some books started selling a newsletter and I said you know this is my passion and there's a demand for it let me take a shot and make this a full-time endeavor and, and, and I did that and uh you know, the money was never the motivation, but then it started coming in to get paid for your passion and to do something that's serving humanity. That was wonderful. And I had my books on Amazon, and I really started to blow up, like 2014, 2015, 2016. Because the trick is with, with Amazon, once you sell books on your own, a bunch of them, their computers, their algorithms kick in. And they say, oh, we have a winner here. So then Amazon starts promoting for you. And my two-volume set, Planet Rothschild, blew up. Bad War blew up on Amazon. And more people discovered my work and my website. Uh, that was my heyday. Then uh, 2018, the censorship came in uh, uh, after, or was it 2017 through 2018. Once Trump caught them all by surprise, they realized that so much truth had gotten out there on YouTube, on Amazon, via Google, that they had to do something. And they started censoring. And uh, Amazon never censored, but they caved into pressure finally, and they removed my bestseller of all time, which was The Bad War. And then they removed Planet Rothschild. Eventually, they got rid of me altogether as an author. But I still sell these books on my website, realhistorychan.com. Uh, um, so, yeah, they really clipped my wings. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I have my, my base, and I... I, now, my, you know, I try to grow a little bit in a linear sense. But back in those days, it was really like blown up and it was exciting. But it's a, it's a, it's a damn it's a damn shame. Not just me. So many other authors and great web uh, uh, YouTubers and so on. They all they 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 whacked them all, you know. But, uh, you know, I carry on. But that's 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 my story. So uh, I kind of stumbled into this as far as a full-time endeavor. 
It's amazing but, how the study of World War II seems to be a consistent theme with people who have woken up to all sorts yeah. of cover-ups, of propaganda, the, the players, the narrative that was spun, who the suspects were and what they were doing, who they were associating with, how the money was flowing. All that stuff, as we learned in school, was 100% false. That's and right. It's amazing <laughs> that you and uh, Ralph and a lot of people that I have leaned on for their their studious work and and then doing my own it's led me into you know reading carol quigley and you know all the stuff that's out edward bernays and all that stuff and you find the truth it's actually there you yeah. you just have to look for it and like you said yes we have a lot of censorship no doubt by the tech giants but even before then there was sort of this i kind of put it as a censorship by silence where they would even though they knew that stuff was out there, they didn't tell you. It was not yeah. public knowledge. You had to go f searching for yeah. it and find it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, well, you know, my motto is, um, one of my mottos is uh, fake news, or rather fake history is the fake news that has passed into the rearview mirror. People need to realize, like, by now, anyone on the right, right of center, understands that the news is fake, that it's a tool of the globalists to manipulate the public. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that's, that's really been um, tremendous progress for uh, our, our movement, that so many people now see this. But even now, you've got to take it a step further, because, you know, yesterday's news is the very definition of history. So, if news is, today's news is fake, so is tomorrow's history. So we have to ask ourselves now, how far back does this thing go? Uh, do we have any reason to believe that the news was not fake in the 1930s or in the 1940s? Why wouldn't it be? I mean, it's, it's the same Sulzberger family. One family has owned the New York Times since 1896, the same family, the Ox Sulzberger family. Passes down from the son to the son or son-in-law, then to the son, the son, the son, to the son, the present day that's 127 years the single most important newspaper in america it is the flagship of the mainstream media even today if you look at the stories that the times new york times leads with in the morning and then watch the evening news abc cbs nbc that's what they're reporting so that's how important and significant the new york slimes was <laughs> and we, we we know how bad they are today what I'm telling you, it was grandpa or great-grandpa during World War II that ran the Times. So it was it was fake back then. So now you start, and this is really a really tough red pill to swallow. It's probably the very last red pill in the therapy, okay? Okay. Is, is World War II truth? Because now you're, you're trying to tell people, listen, what they told you about Hitler was wrong. He freed Germany from the Rothschild Mafia. That's why we went to war, and that's why he's the most vilified, demonized personage in world history. Oh, come on, Mike. I'm like, well, listen, the, the New York Times attacked him every day. What are they doing today to Trump? Do you see the correlation? Or Putin. And people are, are starting to get that. Or Putin. I mean, listen, I call this uh, Mike's law of inversion. <laughs> Whoever the New York Times is praising to the stars, you know that's a villain. Whoever they're attacking relentlessly... You know, that's the good guy. 
Okay. <laughs> so if you if one is lazy and doesn't really want to get in depth to do the full research, just go by that standard. Who does the New York Times hate and tear down versus who do they build up? And 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 that really simplifies things a lot. Yeah, a but lot it's of so your- important to understand World War II because it, it's the foundational mythology that defines the modern world. And it's all laid out in my book, The Bad War. Yeah, and you've opened my eyes to a a lot of that. And I think a lot of people have come around to see that, you know, what we were taught, what we were told, like you said, it's a myth. It's a mythology. And I was so hoping you'd get the New York Slimes in there because I was going to tell her (laughs) it's one of my favorite things in in reading your your blog or your uh, email is according to the New York Slimes, and I'd never heard that because I'm not a yeah. not a big Times fan. I'm not from the East Coast, yeah. but that I thought was great. Well, I can't. I can't. Uh, a lot of my insults are original, but I can't claim that one. Ironically, I picked that up from Mark Levin, who's a Jewish radio talk show host, right of center. He refers to as the New York Slimes, but that, <laughs> that's what I call it. I call it Sulzberger's Slimes because it's the Sulzberger family. Uh, family. So before we get and it into- really is remarkable that a single family and they bought it after the crash of 1893, which was a horrible crash, manipulated by the bankers of that day. Everything crashed. They swooped in a few years later, and they bought the newspaper up on the cheap because it was dying. They weren't selling any advertising during that depression. And uh, uh, but it, but it's interesting. It, I have access to the archives going back to. 1896, you could pay for that. Yeah, every article ever written in the New York Slimes, 125 years, you get the PDF for it. Uh, and I do a lot of great research to that. And what I find is that b- because the public wasn't so politically brainwashed at that time, mm-hmm. the propaganda was very subtle. So, therefore, they were compelled to put out a, many what I call truth gems. You can go back in the 1930s and 40s, and, and, and they would publish communiques. Well, not after Pearl Harbor. Then they started really censoring. But leading up until World War II, you could read like speeches by Hitler or Hirohito or German communiques to get the other side of the story in, in the New York Slimes. But what they would do is they would put those in the middle pages and then put the big lie on the front pages. Right. Nonetheless, there was truth, tons of it in the old archives of New York Times. And I call it swimming through the cesspool. I put on my hip waders, and I find a lot of great history there. Today, you, uh, today it's it's a different uh, men, public mentality. They've been dumbing us down for so long. Yeah, They don't even make the pretext of giving you the other side of the story, not even on page 100. No. Okay? But back then, they did. And you could dig those out. You, you, you get some amazing stuff because people say, oh, where'd you get that from? New York Times. <laughs> is what I say to them. Well, so. amazingly, now they will lie straight to your face about something you've witnessed, seen, know about, have all the information yeah. on, and if you dare question them, you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, that that's yeah, truly that's the amazing do. point that we're at in history. That if you dare ask a question that's outside of their well-crafted narrative, you're a problem. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick before we get into the Rothschilds. You talked about wading through the New York Times and stuff. I'm always curious when I talk to authors and and people like you who have done an amazing amount of research and work. 
what's your tactic? How, how do you go about it? Uh, you said you go through the New York Times files, but there's a lot of stuff out there. And, and even b- before the internet, it was really hard. You couldn't just trip down to the yeah. library or the bookstore. So what's your MO for research? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, there's a couple of factors at play. One is you, you kind of have to have a nose for things to like find a loose thread and know what to pull on, what's relevant, could lead to something, and what, what is not. That's kind of instinctive, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like a, I don't know if you remember the old Columbo episodes, uh, Lieutenant Columbo yeah. and solving a homicide. <laughs> so I've kind of had that ability to key in, or more contemporary would be Monk, the, uh, the autistic guy who was a detective. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I do have a sense of like, hey, that's not right. That don't fit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me check. Wait a minute. I thought I heard this once, and I'll go down that route. So part that part is instinctual. And then as far as um, evaluating the, the evidence, like I like to cast out a wide net and just gather everything I can from everywhere. And then it's it's a matter. Okay, is this someone's opinion? Can this be sourced? Right. And if it can be sourced, is the source accurate? Because sometimes. People get impressed by a footnote in a book. Oh, it's footnoted. But turn and look into the footnote. It's just somebody else quoting somebody else. Right. And and it's a big circle jerk. <laughs> it's nothing there. So, um, I mean, I I never say I'm 100% accurate, but I'll put it at least 99.9. If I write something, it's because I, I really sourced the heck out of it. And if I don't see or if I can't find original source, I, I don't go with it, okay? Uh, so that that's like a very important. Uh, another one of my uh, tricks of the trade is, I think lawyers refer to this as testimony against evidence. If the enemy side concedes a certain point of argument that is really against their own interests, okay, mm-hmm. you can take that to the bank, even though they're liars. Some If a, a liar... Um, if if he slips up and says something against his own interest, you know he slipped up and told you the truth. Right. So you'll find you you understand. So you uh, that to me carries an enormous amount of weight. If you could find something coming out of the New York Slimes, Washington Compost, or even out of the mouth of a George Soros or something, somebody who's an enemy of humanity right. says something uh, that you could seize on. An uh, example: you mentioned Carol Quigley. Okay. Yes. That's the enemy. He's Georgetown. He's pure establishment. Absolutely. And he 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 wrote that book, Tragedy and Hope, and he made all these revelations. <laughs> Got it right I guess he was me. so full of him, <laughs> so full of himself that he had this inside knowledge. He's trying to brag to his elitist buddies. Right. Uh, but lo and behold, John Birch Society got a hold of his book and said, "Look what he's saying in here." And, and, and again, that's another trick because when they talk amongst themselves, okay, they speak the truth. They spilled the beans. Uh, but, Absolutely. Yeah. That's why sometimes I'll, I'll read articles in foreign affairs, in the Council on Foreign Relations, yes. stuff they won't say to the public in their own articles. It's like wink, wink, just like when they were getting ready to unleash what I call stupid 19. There yes. were all these articles about, hey, you know, there could be a pandemic coming. I, I mean, so they, they tell you. So that's big, too. Testimony against uh, against interest. Uh, bragging amongst themselves. So this is the kind of thing is you just got to be a little creative, but very careful. 
and you start to put pieces of the puzzle together. But more importantly, I don't make mistakes. You know, <laughs> if I do, it's minor. It's not, I'll never make an elemental mistake. I take my research very seriously because I know people are, um, you know, to place some faith in me, mm-hmm. you know, subscribing to my newsletter, they're relying on me. I, I take that as a serious responsibility, unlike uh, so-called mainstream journalists of uh, today. Well, so, and I'll just say uh, in full disclosure, I have purchased all your books, PDF file books and reading through those. I'm a subscriber to the newsletter and I, I I'm the same way on this show. If I can't absolutely verify it, I will either qualify it as, hey, this is a this is a theory or this is something that's out there, but I can't yeah. confirm it. Right. You know, so you can it, it just adds to the picture. But if I'm giving you something that I can absolutely corroborate, I can point you to the source, I can play the clip, yeah. I can footnote the actual quote in the book or the paper, or whatever. A lot of people that I listen to, a lot of people who are, I guess, in this arena. They don't do that, and it's really bothersome. It is. It's careless. And and sometimes they'll come up with something, and it starts to spread like a virus. And it's like, wait a minute, slow down. Yeah, it, it makes everyone look bad, and then it discredits everything, yeah. which is obviously it, it unfair. But. And some of it's deliberately planted. I yes, am 100% is. certain. <laughs> so you know, they'll put right. some garbage out. Everybody repeats it, and then we look like loons. So, um, you know, always take a deep breath and, and say, well, okay, what is the original source? Well, I got it from this guy. Okay, where did he get it from? And then, did you ever watch the old Honeymooners? Oh, absolutely. Okay, do you remember the episode where R- Ralph is, um, there's a promotion coming up and Ralph wants the promotion. So he starts a rumor within the bus company <laughs> that he's got the promotion. Right. So then the, super, the supervisor gets wind of it and he's really upset. He comes out and says, all right, who started this rumor that Crandon's getting promoted? Was it you, Pete? He says, no, I got it from Mike. Mike, no, I got it from Bill. Bill, I got it from Joe. Joe, well, I got it from Crandon. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they traced it back. He started his own grassroots uh, rumor. Uh, but you'll you'll find that oftentimes amongst people who should know better, you know, even published authors. I'm like, oh. okay, where'd you get this from? Absolutely. And where did he get this from? So if it's not original source, you know, you got, you got to be very, very careful, you know? Oh, I totally agree. Uh, and, and that's one thing I do appreciate about what you do and the, yeah. what you put out because uh, it's up to this point and everything I've read, because I'm very big on following, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. sources, even what you send and other things. I Like I check, double check, triple check. And so far everything's yeah. been spot on. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you have, written extensively about the Rothschilds. Yeah. And I, we did an entire show on here about the Rothschild family. And so I don't think we need to rehash too much of the history because we pretty much laid it out. But what I find interesting or what I would be interested in hearing from you is how has the Rothschild family that started with no allegiance to any country, basically running the world bank, sending his sons all over the world to basically trash Mm. nations. I mean, it's, it's, and setting up all these, in my opinion, I think he set the blueprint for what we have now with Soros, Gates, and the like. You know, setting up all yeah. these shill companies and all these trusts and, and foundations and everything and hide your money in it, but they're profitable. 
and they only lend out money or give money if it's going to return in some favor or it's power-based. How are the Rothschilds affecting what's going on today? Well, I don't think they've ever weakened, but I, I do think the operation, this mafia, expanded to the point where there's uh, uh, many other big players. So it might not necessarily be the patriarch of the Rothschild family directing it. And this is kind of analogous to the Italian mafia. You know, they used to have back in their heyday here in New York, you had the Gambino crime family, the Genovese crime family. But if you looked at the heads of the families, they all had different surnames. It wasn't the Gambinos anymore, you know, because the family is just the name of the mafia and then right. it passes on. So um, you know, it gets real murky when you go really high up to say, okay, who's the biggest guy? Who's the. So, Clearly, they're still there, but there, there's there's other big players. So are they there um, in the philosophy that they set forth? Are they there in yeah, the, the programming that they set forth? They're all on the same page, that's mm -hmm. for sure. They want a new world order, a one world government system, uh, and they're solid on that. And they, uh, they're very united. There's no infighting. The only intramural stuff that goes on is there's a – there's a branch of the very powerful elite that are Israel first Zionists. Mm -hmm. And they often come into clash with the, the Jewish globalists because they have like a different set of priorities, but they're overlapping. They're very powerful and they respect uh, each other. Um, but, you know, I guess you could call that sort of a schism, mm -hmm. but you know, in terms of that one world vision, you know, that hasn't wavered and they're all on the same page, uh, you know, which means there's, there's gotta be a head at the top. You don't really see any, you know, in, infighting. However, I do believe, I do believe their influence is substantially diminishing in this day and age. And I don't mean the Rothschild family specifically. I mean, the, the new, the NWO mafia itself is losing its grip. And who Maybe are they that's losing, who are they losing their time. grip to? I think that's the big question. Is yeah. Because anytime something like that happens, they've been a power base for so long, it's going to create a vacuum. Who's going to fill the vacuum? What's going to happen yeah. to the void? Who do you think they're losing ground to? Uh, they're, they're losing ground to an international coalition. Uh, I, I guess you know we refer to them as the White Hats. I'm, um, I'm totally sold on the QAnon. I, I know you had mentioned that as a possible topic. Sure. A we conversation. Can, we can go down the maybe road. for another, yeah, maybe for another time. For a little bit. Yeah, yeah we talk Q. Yeah. Uh, but there's no question that these mighty blows are being struck against them. And in, in the void, well, we shall have to see. But uh, you know, what we hope and pray for, that things will go back to, uh, uh, you know, nation states, the multipolar world, which Putin always talks about. Mm -hmm. A multipolar world, it doesn't mean regional bosses. It means, uh, you know, countries are sovereign. Right. Uh, but you have these powerhouses like China, like Russia, like the United States, who kind of maybe have more influence and keep the peace in their backyard. And you were seeing this today, and this is an amazing development. In the Middle East, U.S. is out, and you've got Russia, China, and Iran staging war games. I've read and about this. This. This, is what, this is wonderful. And, you know, if you're an Israeli uh, Zionist expansionist lunatic like Bibi Netanyahu, this, Netanyahu, this is your worst nightmare because 
you know, your your attack dog is gone. And and now you've got Russia, China, and Iran working together. Syria has been saved. Turkey and Saudi Arabia, everybody's coming together. And that's the new regional power block that's going to keep the peace. So there's not going to be any more wars for Israel. That is an incredible development. It did not come about by accident. It came about through years of patient work by primarily Mr. Putin and Mr. Trump brought that situation um, to, to what it is today. In Europe, you're seeing in Ukraine, they can't, NATO is basically standing down. Russia's already done what they have to do. They, they reclaimed those eastern provinces. This was supposed to be a World War III hotspot. Um, NATO's not even sending tanks. They say they are, but they, they, then they say, oh, it's going to take another year. You know, U.S. isn't sending anything. So this is um, a total embarrassment and a diminishment of NATO. And, and this all traces back to the Rothschild. So if the New World Order is weakening, this family is weakening. And one of the, one of the things I love about the Q post that blew me away early on is Q is, it was issuing threats directly to the Rothschild family. It said, Lynn Rothschild, LDR, Linda Rothschild, mm-hmm. we can hear your family breathing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 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 ballsy stuff. A lot of and people don't many, know. Yeah, a lot of people don't know who yeah. she is. And the amazing thing, I've I've tracked her for a while now yeah. and where she shows up and who she talks to and where she's uh, yeah. seen doing business and amazingly one of the places she shows up a lot besides the World Economic Forum and the usual suspects is in Rome and at the Vatican talking to the Pope. She's a constant visitor mm-hmm. there. What do you make of yeah. that? Well, you know, there was a coup at the Vatican. I mean, um, I, I knew something was fishy back in 2013 when the Pope just resigns. They right. don't resign. They serve till they die. They say that's happened once in like 1500 year history of the church. And here he just resigns. This character comes in and all of a sudden the media loves the Catholic church. They love the Pope. They Isn't that weird? Puff this guy up. Yeah. Uh, Time Magazine called him the New World Pope. Yes. I started to look into him, his background <laughs> in Argentina. Uh, the guy is a liberation theologist, which is, he's a Marxist. He's a communist. Right. Uh, Bella Dodd, who was a member of the Communist Party, who flipped in the 40s and gave testimony uh, to the Senate or to the Congress. She says the party put thousands of priests into the Catholic priesthood. And, and this is back then. So they, they cultivated them and they, and they came up through the ranks. Um, and, and, you know, they, they mask it through, they, they promote uh, helping the poor. You right. know, that's yeah, always they're the, the Yeah, the priest of the poor yeah, is what they yeah, call yeah, themselves. Forget about the song. And, and, you know, and I noticed early on, I said, this guy, he never talks about morality and ethics. Everything is the poor, the climate. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he's one of their boys. He's NWO. He was an infiltrator. And um, so there's no question about that. Yeah, he's definitely uh, in cahoots with these uh, people. Yeah, do you know who Carlos Vigano is? Yeah, love his work, love yeah. his speeches. He wrote a long uh, He wrote a Maybe long if letter. this whole thing blows up, he'll be the next pope one day. Oh, I, and, I agree. And he wrote a long letter to yeah. uh, President Trump when he became president warning him about all of this. And it. If you've yeah. never read that letter, I highly recommend it. No, I have. I actually republished it at realhistorychan.com for, for my readers. Uh, so he's totally down with understanding, you know, this stuff. Yeah, he knows exactly uh, what's going on. Anyway, so back to the Rothschilds. Yeah. 
what I find interesting when because we have the supervillains that are roaming around. Everybody hates Bill Gates, and rightfully so. He's an evil person. Soros, obviously evil. You yeah. have there's families in China. There's all kind of families all over who are doing evil things. Yet they all seem to be going in the same direction. And if you go back into the Rothschilds' history and this idea that they wanted to kind of run the world and have this one world system. Mm. What a lot of people can't grapple, what they really can't wrap their hands around is, is why they w would want to do that. What, so to you, what's their motivation? You know, we had the Georgia Guidestones talking about we could only have so yeah, many yeah. people. We have, they, they invented climate change. They've, in, you know, they've done all these things to scare humanity, to put humanity in a box. But most people don't understand, like, why would somebody want to do that? What's in it for them? You know, that was actually a question that I've always asked and never quite fully understood until recently because uh, I always wondered, you know, they knew when they initiated this that they're, they're to you're talking about a project that could be a couple centuries. They're not going to live to see it come to fruition right. or their kids exactly. or their grandkids or their grandkids. What, what motivates them, you know? And it was only with the... Um, arrival of Q, who, who really taught us, or ra rather guided us in, in the, the direction to study the things like the abuse of children and the Satanism. Mm -hmm. And he says in one of his first posts, many of the elites worship Satan. And when you first hear that, it's like, all right, come on, that's a little bit out there. Right. But you begin to dig in deeper and deeper, and you see all the symbolism, and it's unmistakable. These, these people are into Satanism, and that is what gives it its continuity in the same way that, say, Christianity or Islam gives continuity to its adherents and its societies. This is what keeps them going. It's just passed down generation, generation, the, the, the generation. Uh, so I, I do believe that they've always there's always been a, a, an inner core that is into Satanism and worships uh, Satan. And, and part you, of that involves the torture and abuse of children, which think, is slowly but surely coming out. So I think that gives that's the glue, the continuity. And do you think they believe on some level that at some point through adrenochrome and through technology and through all this quantum physics, everything that they're doing, they're funding and they're behind, do you think they truly believe at some point that they will live forever and at some point one of their generations will be, I, I'll just say, God on Earth? They'll, they'll rule the planet? Mm. Well, I, I, I certainly, you know, I, I know they're very interested in extending their powers and their lifespans, so that wouldn't surprise me if, you know, that's 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 true. Um, but, I, I mean, I suppose when you go over to the dark side, it's, it's hard to get into that kind of mentality. And this is what blocks a lot of people from understanding it. You know, because it's just not nor it's not that we relate to, but they're not, they're just not like us. And they're absolutely intoxicated uh, with their own power and they want to be, you know, gods on this, on this earth. And, and apart from the finished product that they envision, the becoming excites them. Yeah, I you think know? that, I think you're <laughs> the, right. The, I think they the, just, the process, they, yeah thrive off of that it does it's like yeah. an elixir to them yeah yeah 
Like the thrill every scam, of every scam that they pull and get away with, it's just it's a you know it's a, it's a big thrill uh, for them. Well, it reminds me so, of that movie yeah. Trading Places, where the the two really rich brothers mm. are betting on Eddie Murphy versus Dan Aykroyd. They didn't yeah. have to do it. It meant nothing to them. They they didn't even yeah. care if they lost money. It was just the thrill of making a right. one dollar bet, and they didn't give a rat's behind about either of those people yeah that's right and so if you can do that they, on they, with, with they, nations and you can yeah. do that with politicians and you can do that with civilizations that's an even yeah. bigger thrill yeah i mean how evil do you have to be to uh stop start dropping a-bombs on a country that's already defeated and begging for surrender forget about that nonsense oh japan would have never surrendered unless we bombed them no they 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 were pleading all along to surrender through third parties. And then uh, the war was over. And even many generals after the fact said, you know, we, we had knocked down all of their manufacturing capability. Okay. They're, they're having real problems. There's no way they could sustain it. So, I mean, the war itself was evil and all the conventional bombing was evil. And, and they're begging for surrender and it's over. Just because they had these toys, they felt they wanted to drop, drop them on Japan. Same with Germany, February 1945. The war is over, officially over two months later. But at, at that time, I mean, the Soviets were just coming from the east. The Allies from the west. I mean, uh, you had German generals who were deliberately allowing the Americans to come in because they, they figure, well, it'll be better. Maybe we can surrender to them. I mean, the war was over. Right. And then they went and, and firebombed Dresden. And God knows how many people they roasted alive. It's impossible to know. I mean, it's no fewer than 200, I can tell you that. Now they're saying, oh, it was only like 40,000. No, it was 200. It could be as high as 500,000 because the city was swollen with refugees. Let me ask you about Q because a lot of people have problems with Q. And I did an entire show, and I named it the letter after R because I didn't want to get censored. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because it was during the height of the Q thing. And I consider myself a Q observer. I don't know what to think of it. I wasn't, I wanted to believe it, but at the same time, I think it was a lot of people around it and I could name some popular names out there that I was like, well, I don't know. But let me just ask you this. A, how or why do you give credence to Q? And do you have a guess as to who Q might be? Because I did for a long time and I think they've all been blown out of the water. (laughs) Well, as far as the identity, it's, uh, it's either a person or a group of people who are obviously high placed military intelligence operatives, very close to Trump. Every once in a while, there's a Q plus thrown out there, which people speculate is Trump. And I kind of believe that I don't know that. Right. But I, I, I'm better than 50, 50 on that. As far as what led me to uh, believe that, well, first of all, I have, let me tell you something that virtually all of the detractors of Q cannot say is that I have read with a critical eye and analyzed all 5,000 posts because I followed it in small increments over a period of uh, what's from 17 to 23 years. Okay. So it sounds like a ton of work, but not really. It probably averages out to three, four a day. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. As I was following the Q post, I'm also following the events. That's my job. Uh, Trump's Twitter account and, and so on and so forth. So really, 
until somebody now that doesn't in and of itself mean okay you got to listen to me i read them all i'm right i'm not saying that what i am saying is until the uh the critics or the people who scoff at it or people say you're crazy and i've i've lost a bunch i've lost some subscribers over this I don't care. Well, people it's call it a psyop, uh, you know, a, a exactly. propaganda from the other right. side. So all of these folks who say psyop, it's BS, it's not blah, 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 blah. I always say to them, how many of those 5,000 posts have you actually read with a critical eye? Well, well, none. Right. <laughs> or maybe fewer than 20. So this is where I'm coming from. All five. So it's, it's a vast body of now. And you, it's all about patterns because patterns uh, correlate to probability. Probability is mathematics. It, it, so it almost starts to become, in my mind, a scientific certainty, what it, what it is, because you can only have so many coincidences in a pattern before it's mathematically uh, impossible. And, and you realize, it, you know, my goodness, there's something there. Who is this guy? How does he know this? How did he know that this was going to happen? Right. And, and people who say, oh, none of his predictions came true. Oh, nonsense. Yeah, that's not, that <laughs> part's not true in at all. So much stuff he said at the time he said it, it's like, what is this guy talking about? This this is crazy, and and we see it unfolding even right now. So uh, that's what convinced me is the unmistakable pattern, combined with the fact that Trump is he has all but said it, because he 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 puts out these posts and these tweets like, I follow him on Truth Social now, and he's always posting and reposting what others put, so. There's a painting out there of Trump sitting at a desk with a statuette of Andrew Jackson behind him, which is very significant. Mm -hmm. He took on the deep state and killed the uh, central bank. And, and Trump's got a big Q on his lapel. There's a painting. It's not like, well, Trump posted it. Uh -huh. So, I mean, he's telling you. And right. it's not just one time. It's countless times. Well, his son has seen. referenced it. Oh, uh, Devin Nunes, Dan Scavino. Yeah. Uh, his, uh, Cash Patel. All of his main underlings, who are just a level behind him, right? And they go on these uh, uh, Q podcasts, like X twenty two report, and and we know, and their whole show is about this, right? And they come on as guests, okay? So, I mean, do you really think Trump is going to let some clown, uh, some clever kid in his mom's basement, like do a hoax and take millions of his followers to, to follow him? And no, no, he's yeah, that's uh, Dave in his episode. On X twenty two. So no, I am I am and and every day that passes is more and more obvious to me. Now some people are worried about these coming indictments against Trump. Now, let me tell you what's gonna happen at these so called trials. Mm -hmm. Trump's gonna drop the bomb on them. They're gonna say, You had no evidence of a stolen election. Oh yeah? Boom. They've got the Space Force, the NSA. That's coming. So they've opened this the they've opened the, 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 the vaults so he can bring out yeah. all the stuff. Exactly. They basically opened the door. The Q, and what did Q say way back, even in 2017, 18, which people didn't understand? He said, how do you introduce evidence legally? Right. Well, I don't know. But now here it is. Here it is. Through a court case, through discovery. It, it's just so prophetic. And it just keeps, it's like every day there's a new proof. So I'm at, I'm at the point where, you know, I, I can't, I mean, it's under, I can totally understand if, even in this point, if people are skeptical, it mm -hmm. is a lot to believe. And until it happens, you know, it means nothing. But when people mock it and ridicule it, I just can't take that seriously. You know, no, you, I can't I, either. I can, 
I can understand the skepticism. You sure. don't have to be as faithful as I can. I cannot understand the mockery. That's just shows people haven't done their homework. I agree on that. Mm-hmm. Of all the books that you've written, and it's a number of them on World War II, on uh, Churchill, on the climate change, on Rothschilds, on New World Order. I mean, you've written a myriad of 27. Stuff, <laughs> 27 books. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I probably read 20 of them. I'm still plowing through them. Yeah. What in doing those books and doing all the research surprised you or knocked you off your feet the most? What, what really shook you? Wow. So much. You mean like a fact that I discovered during the. Yeah. Research? Or a pattern or somebody who yeah. you maybe had faith in as an individual found out that they were you know, underhanded mm. or working for the other side or. So one uh, organization, anything, anything that maybe you just had no clue about. And it just, you, we all have that aha moment, like you're it, it, where it blows your mind. They yeah. call it red pilled. Well, I'll tell you what, I've had many of them, but I, I, I can distinctly recall the one that began my final push down that final level of the bottom of the rabbit hole. And that was about 1997, 1998. Uh, where I, uh, I stumbled across a document online. Um, it was uh, My Final Testament by Adolf Hitler. It was April 29th, 1949, just before he married Eva, and then they committed suicide in the bunker. It was essentially his suicide note. And I have a booklet that I came out recently. It's called Hitler's Suicide Note, where I analyze what he's saying to see if it matches up to reality. And it does. <laughs> But this document floored me because at the time I held the conventional view, you know, World War II was this glorious struggle, you know, Hitler the monster, et cetera, et cetera. And then you read his final testament. It starts off with, uh, it is untrue that I or anyone else in Germany wanted this war. It was provoked solely by the, you know, the British capitalist class and the international Jewish bankers. And, and I read that. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. And it goes on and on saying how how hard he tried to make peace, et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought to my, this, I would have expected something based on what my belief was at the time where he said, you know, we're the master race, we'll get him next time or something. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But now he's protesting his innocence and the words just rang true. And he's putting it all on these international bankers. Okay, mm-hmm. and and at that time I already knew about the internet. I was already like, you know, read Epperson's book and something. Right. This is the final piece of the puzzle, and it just hit. I said, "Oh my goodness, that that he was fighting the new world order, pure and simple." And 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 then from there I began, you know, pulling on that loose thread. But it's such a powerful document, and 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 like, and you can check this out. We go. I was talking about those archives, the New York Times archives. In the Final Testament, where Hitler says he made all these offers for peace to resolve the situation with Poland, okay? You go back to 1939, in the days leading up to the war, you see the headlines in the New York Times about German offers of peace, okay? And, and it's just it's just amazing. It confirms it. So I knew then that he was not the warmonger, that he didn't want the war, and I immediately realized you know what? Of course, FDR, we conservatives consider him a villain. Mm-hmm. But why would we consider him a hero when it came to the war? You know, the man's a liar, and so was Churchill, 
and etc. cetera. Uh, but that opened up the whole Pandora's box. But that is such a powerful red pill, the mm-hmm. final testament of Adolf Hitler. And the words are so sincere, and you can fact-check every claim that he uh, he makes in, uh, in in that document. It's only two, three pages. And what, so, do, you, what do you see going forward geopolitically what and with the new world order you said that you think they're possibly losing some ground it seems like yeah. i don't know if you've ever read the fourth turning it seems like we're definitely in the fourth turning and that there's around the bend mm-hmm. here it's pushing towards some sort of there's going to be a big event of some kind and then on the other yeah. side there's generally this there's an idea of sort of a a new uh, revelation yeah. and a new piece and there's a new contract that's signed and so forth and it seems to me we're definitely in the fourth turning. I don't, I'm not sure at what year yeah. we're in it. But what do you see coming forward? A lot of people are pinning 2030, 2050, because this is what all the globalists are, you know, like by 2030, we have yeah. to have this done. And then I heard the other day a guy saying, actually, the, the year to look for is 27, because that's going to be their final big push. They want to get everything by 2030. Mm to 2035. But what do you see? What What's your observation of what's coming? I, I, I see, I really do see the, the White Hats are in total control. And I see Trump is going to return. And he, this time around, he's going to return with awesome power. Okay? Because the first time around, you have to understand, look, his own party's against him. But all these guys now have been neutralized. So many of them have been removed. You know, the, the, uh, uh, the Paul Ryans and the Liz Cheney's this is his party now, and this are his people in Congress when he gets in. Uh, and if this election fraud blows open in these coming trials, uh, it, it's just it's going to blow the country's mind, the world's mind, if we come to learn that not only was that there was fraud, but it was on such a massive level that Trump maybe won 47, 48 states, for all we know. But something big in that respect is coming, and it's going to lead to... Uh, you know, I I can't say anything 100% certainty, but I, I do believe it's going to be the end of the House of Cards and the House of Rothschild, and their whole new world order is going to come crashing down. Now, having said that, I, I always make this point. This doesn't mean that we're going to have utopia right. <laughs> on the other side, because you got to realize so much damage has been done economically, psychologically, socially, culturally. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's it's like, you know, you have a patient who's like very ill or in a bad accident, but you stabilize them and you remove the source of his illness. You stop the bleeding. Can you save him and rehab him and get him back to being healthy? We don't know yet. So I can't say what's on the other side, but I, I do believe this new world order globalist thing is um, I think we got it. I really do. Do you think enough people and are aware the, of it? That and that is the promise. And that is the promise of Q. And I don't believe it because I want hope or hopium, as the critics say. I, I believe it because this is where the pattern is leading to, clearly. I will say, uh, I think. Uh, and I'll tell you what, you, you know what else Q said uh, one month before the election of 2020, when most of us in our community were convinced Trump was going to be reelected? He asked rhetorically, what happens if Biden gets reelected and all this corruption comes out? And so many people missed it because we're, I was so focused. Well, Trump's definitely going to win. Right. And, and then here he is. He's telling us they were going to allow the election to be stolen. This was a sting operation. Um, so if this turns out to be true, you're looking at 
you know, the world is going to be rocked in, you know, five to six months. I think they want to start, they got these trials, they want to start them in late December, early January. And if Trump plays that Trump card of, of the data obtained, the satellite data, I mean, my God, we don't know how, how this could go, how big this could get. But and certainly how- there's an enormous amount of frustration uh, brewing in this country that makes for good revolutionary uh, tinder, you know. And in your opinion, how will that affect what's going on between Russia, Ukraine, and all the, well, we have countries yeah. upon countries lining up all in one direction on that, which should make everybody nervous. And we got, you know, Putin is put into a corner. And mm. how do you see that playing out? Well, Russia's got that completely under control, okay? The the fear has been that this would um, develop into a World War III type scenario or a major war in Europe. And that was the plan if Hillary got in. Right. I mean, she told you. She that, said it. That McCain is true. Kane said it. Ukraine, and we want Ukraine and NATO. Uh, if there is some kind of crisis, this thing escalates, Trump will save the day. He's been saying it repeatedly. I could solve that in 24 hours. And he could come out looking like a hero. And this will all be orchestrated. It is not going to develop into World War III. They don't have that kind of muscle anymore. NATO does. I, yeah, I agree with you yeah. on that. I hear, yeah. I hear a lot of fear-mongering about World War III coming around the corner. A, I don't think the yeah. planet has a stomach for it. I don't think the U.S. I don't think anybody has yeah. a stomach for it. Not even China. And everybody's talking about yeah. how China's going to escalate yeah. it as well. I don't think any country today has the stomach, the muster, or the willpower to do a World War III. I really don't. Yeah. Well, with the globalists out of business, there's nobody to give the order. (laughs) You know, they're, um, I mean, they're not even supplying Ukraine for a proper proxy war, okay? Right. Like they did to Afghanistan back in the day when they, they baited the old Soviet Union into invading Afghanistan. And then they said, oh, they've invented, and then they started sending... Carter started sending the missiles and then Reagan, the Stinger missiles. And it was, it, they turned it into the Soviet Union's Vietnam. That was all by design. Uh, they're not even capable of doing that now in, in Ukraine. So there really is no war now. Russia, they did what they had to do in the East. They reclaimed those provinces. They liberated those provinces. And the rest now is just noise. Uh, and if it develops into some kind of high noon drama, you can be sure that it's staged so Trump can save the day. You know, that's the kind of um, it's it's sort of like the White Hats now have the ability to run the psychological scams that the globalists used to be able to. Only they're doing it for the good, for strategic purposes. Right. It's it's pretty wild stuff, you know. Well, the website is Real History Chan. That C H A N Real History Chan dot com. His name is Mike yeah. King. I can't recommend it enough his writings be a subscriber if you if you can afford it it's very affordable and you always put out deals that are just tremendous and the books you can buy them physical from the website or you can buy them in a pdf singular or the whole swath which is what i did it's worth it Uh, it's fantastic the the information is invaluable so, Mike, thank you very much for joining us today. I really, really appreciate it. I've had a thank great you. chat with and, you. And at the very least, folks can at least get the free report that I give out, which gives them on gets them on the mailing list, the free mailing list, at the footer of every page. It's called How to Respond to an Anti-Conspiracy Theorist. So you get the report, 
and that gets you on the mailing list. A lot of the stuff is free, and then there's the books and the PDFs for a small fee. Realhistorychan.com. Well, we need to put some money in your pocket. I, I'm encouraging everybody to at least sign up yeah. for the, the <laughs> newsletter, and, and I recommend all the books. Uh, I haven't read them all, but I'm plowing through them. They are fantastic, and I reference them often on this show. Real pleasure, Mike. I want to thank you so much for taking time to join us. Best of luck moving forward. I look forward to your research all the time. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, sir. And there you have it. That was my interview with Mike King from realhistorychan.com. I'm going to put the link to his website in the show notes. If you somehow don't get the show notes and you would like that, just email us at downtherh at protonmail.com, downtherh at protonmail.com. I will send that to you. Again, you may not agree with everything Mike says. He does challenge you. He challenges me, challenges my thinking, and I like that. And again, I don't always agree, but he is very well sourced and he has documents to back up everything he puts out there, which I appreciate. I really appreciate that because it's important to me and it should be important to you as well. You should always check what people are saying and see where they're getting it from, from the actual source, as he said. All right. I want to thank you again for tuning in for the midweek edition and Brandon and I will be back on Sunday. Everybody have a great rest of the week. I'm Big D and I'm out of here.